Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got our favorite film critic extraordinaire from the Cinematropolis.com, Caleb Masters, in the house. What's up, boys? Oh, thank you, Harold. It's a pleasure to be back again with you today. Uh, thank you for the invites. First episode of the year, first of many to come, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. for No, this is great. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad to be back in the studio with you and, and appreciate you thinking of me. Um, anytime we get to Oscar season, I have this like abusive relationship with the Oscars <laughs> where I simultaneously am like, God, fuck the Oscars. But also, I can't, <laughs> but I do like the, all the prediction lists and all the things, but I'm in, my, in the back of my head, I'm like, God, why do I do this every year? <laughs> I love it, but it also burns me almost every time. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. It, it, seriously, <laughs> though, it really is. Well, like uh, Caleb ma- uh, mentioned, uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the old Oscar nominations. Got some animated films that were nominated this year. Got some uh, some notable snubs as well. And, uh, yeah, just kind of get into that, man. So, yeah. So, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to start us off and just kind of go down the list, read the full list and then we can kind of go piece by piece. So first up is how to train your dragon, the hidden world toy story Four, I lost my body missing link and claws, not claws as in cat claws, claws as in Santa Claus, Claus but not with the K, but, but not like this Tim Allen Santa Claus, you know, <laughs> like Claus with a K Lord, the German Claus, <laughs> the, the, the German Claus. That's right. Uh, so those are the, the, the nominees and uh, you know, I, uh, man, so I don't want to say this category is always off base or underwhelming because just last year, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse won best animated uh, picture, which, you know, I think that movie's a masterpiece. I think I ranked it as my number three movie of the year as a whole. So obviously they get it right sometimes, but historically it almost always goes to Pixar or Disney. And I think this year it, it, it could be a little more interesting. I'm hoping it's a little more interesting. My gut tells me we're going to fall back on Toy Story 4 being the winner uh, with a possible upset from How to Train Your Dragon. Secretly, I hope Missing Link takes it. I can't imagine one of the Netflix movies will take it, but it's cool that there are two of them, so that's something. Um, but yeah, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, Harold, we'll start there. Um, it's an okay movie. I, I, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of like we were talking about earlier. Is it probably the best animated movie of the year? No, but do I personally like as a preference per like, like that movie better than all the ones? Sure. Yeah. You know what? I, I think the first film is fantastic. Like seriously, I think the first how to train a dragon. Okay. I think the joke I was telling with my friends were, I think it was Oh six was when that movie, the first one came out. I think I, so. I remember the joke amongst my friends was that was the year that cars, the original cars came out in the same year. And the joke amongst some of my film friends at the time was, wow, it's really screwed up. It's like if you swapped DreamWorks made cars and Pixar made how to train your dragon, it would all make sense. Oh, wow. Because I don't like cars. I think cars is very not great. <laughs> I think it's uh, very, very not great. But um, anyway, uh, so the I, I do like the fran- I like the first movie a lot. I think it's a borderline animated masterpiece. The second film's okay. And I think the third film, probably better than the second film. I, I felt things in the third movie and I love the animation. I love the characters. I love the kind of the world building to do. So it is a very good movie. But you know, I like a lot of, I mean like the, I think the Toy Story 4 has the same problem. 
a problem is not the right word. I just feel like they both show up with what you expect and you get it. And right. it's not that it's bad. You get what you want. But at the same time, you know, I think about Toy Story 3. And yes, it delivered on what we expected, but it gave us a lot more depth than I think we expected right. at the time. I don't think Toy Story 4 did that. I don't think on the How to Train Your Dragon side, I don't think this movie gives us more than what we expected per se. But it is a really well-made, well-animated fun movie and and uh, i would also say i saw this in 3d and the flying in the 3d still holds up very well nice well i mean it's like i mean it was de- it's definitely like a crown piece i it mean it ties up a trilogy so kind of ties everything up in a nice little bow at the end and- it, okay and the epilogue is one of those like god this is such a sappy sentimental <laughs> epilogue but you know what <laughs> just like the harry potter epilogue i'm like i don't care makes me feel good. Right. It makes me feel happy let on me the inside. Yeah, let me enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I do like these characters in that world enough to say that it had earned that. I, maybe, I, maybe that's the thing about really sappy epilogues is the movie has to earn it. Right. Um, I think about another film that's getting some Oscar love uh, is Little Women, where the whole movie is kind of like meta commenting on that sort of thing. Like, oh, these people just want the sappy sentimental ending. All right. All right. But sometimes it's, you know... Sometimes we like that. It's nice. Sometimes it's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so I think How to Train Your Dragon on that front is good. Not my personal pick, but um, I'm glad to see it nominated. I think it's very worthy. And, you know, if it took home an award, I, I'd be satisfied. I wouldn't be upset. I don't think it's undeserving. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, so Toy Story 4, did, did you catch that one, Harold? I did, man. It's just like one of those things, too. When you grow up with a franchise like like this one... It's almost like you make yourself like movies, but I don't know. I like liked it, I guess, watching it. But then after, I'm like, man, I don't feel like I really got anything that like out of this. The way that I got out, got stuff out of the third one because I I think back to it, and it, it might be unfair to put it in that context, but you know, we grew up seeing the first couple, and then when the third one came out, it was some time later, and everybody was like losing their mind. That was a kid when the first couple came out, you know, and then when that fourth one hit. It kind of was trying to do that thing that the third one did, but not quite to the same le- with level of execution, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? So the fourth Toy Story is a very strange movie. Um, I kind of like that it's strange because it's not more... I don't know. It's not the Toy Story movies. I don't think they were too... They, they did get a little... It does get a little repetitive here. Oh, no, the toy right. has been stolen, lost, whatever. We've got to go find him. But really, I think the thing that distinguishes this from, say, Toy Story 2, for example, or even Toy Story 3, um, so context, Toy Story 2, Wooden, uh, Woody gets taken uh, by this guy. He steals it from a yard sale, and the, tro- the rest of the toys have to go hunt him down. Uh, Toy Story 3, the, the toys all get donated to this place and, uh, it's actually terrible. Woody gets out, then has to go back and save them. So it's kind of a little bit of a reverse because right. the place they're in is terrible. This one kind of goes back to the, oh no, Woody follows Sporky off the grid. Now we've got to go find Woody. But really most of the toys actually stay in the RV the whole time. Really? It feels like a Woody. It's, it's definitely a Woody centric movie. Yeah. I mean, Buzz Lightyear is in there a little bit, but not as much as he is in the first three. And he's really diminished to a uh, comedic role. That's not necessarily a bad thing at all. It just, by the time you get to the fourth one, it, this is where you start to, the formula shows itself a little bit. And I'm not saying Toy Story movies are formulaic, but there's certain beats you're like, okay, I'm watching a Toy Story film. And yeah, I think the third one did that a little bit. The thing was, it one-upped that so much in the last like 
10 minutes of the movie where you realize like they, they pushed it to the envelope. You're like on the brink of, Oh my God, these toys are going to die together. And you realize how much you care about those characters and that family dynamic they have. This movie doesn't really push it that far. Um, I find it to be a strange film though, because yeah, it's really Woody. All the other main toys that we've uh, learned to follow are very small, relatively small supporting characters, except for the new character, Sporky, who is also very who strange. Is dumb. I don't think dumb. I find him funny, but weird. That's what, well, I guess that's more what I'm thinking, like out of place, I guess. He feels kind of out of place. It feels like the movie is trying to be meta about a relationship with toys. And I kind of dig that, but it really manifests itself in the very strange character. That's hard to get a solid read on. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, overall I walked away saying, well, uh, that was a good movie. It definitely made me feel things, you know, and Woody, cause, uh, unlike toy story three, where the status quo largely they still stay together as a family. I mean, they say goodbye to Andy, but larger they stay together as the family status quo resumes, uh, in a different owner's house. This one though. I mean, what he decides to break off from the family and that goodbye seems pretty emotional. I, I gotta give it to Pixar. It's really emotional. And I certainly did not expect that to happen because again, at the end, you're always expecting it to return to the status quo so they can do another thing. We, and I don't think they can do that here. So really all of this talk is saying is I feel like this is a toy story epilogue that I feel like that you have the toy story trilogy and toy story four is like a cool after story. You can choose to take it or leave it, but you know, it's not really essential. So maybe that's the thing. It's inessential. It's like an addendum, right? They, uh, I totally get that, that feel though. Like you were saying of like the, uh, the, other the other toys that we've come to know and love, it's, it doesn't feel as much of like a, an ensemble. No. Which how it, that's how it felt before. Yeah. No, no. I, I definitely, and I felt that watching that's the movie. Because you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh my gosh, they're still in the RV. The only one who gets out really is Buzz. And even he's in the RV most of the movie. So, and, it, and it's almost like, well, everyone loves Buzz. We got Tim Allen. We've got we to gotta work him in there. Right. You know, so Yeah. Again, it feels like an epilogue starring Woody, and it has a really weird tone. The whole thing with the the dummies and stuff, all that stuff is interesting, so I'll give it that. But overall, I feel like inessential is the word I'd use. A great inessential. I don't feel like I need to rewatch it, Agreed. unlike Toy Story 3, which I feel like deeply impacted me on a Dude, very visceral level. That one got me, man. Yeah. I've seen it in theaters, too, and like, there wasn't a dry eye in the theater. Oh, no. No, everyone was crying. It, and like that's the movie where you're like, it, it was so, such a good story that when they're riding down to the incinerator, like that, that you're, when you're in the moment, you really, there's a, they, the way they hold on them, like holding hands and stuff, you're like, oh my God, they're going to kill them. I, like that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. You know, we all know how that turned out, but anyway, great storytelling. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next movie. I lost my body uh, from Netflix. And uh, directed by a French director. I'm going to say this wrong because I cannot pronounce French anything. Jer- Jeremy Clapton? Jeremy Clapton? <laughs> I don't know. Le petit pompon. There we go. That's how you say it. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's what I'll say about I Lost My Body. I found it to be a really interesting film. I thought the animation was stunning. Uh, you know what Spider-Verse made me realize last year? Let me really think about this how much Pixar has dictated how 3D animation looks. True, because everything kind of looks the same Everything now. looks the same. Everybody's trying to mimic Pixar. 
And you know what? Like, I'm not... Pixar obviously is a standard. They, there's a reason for that. They make great movies. Uh, and I think, you know, while the movies they've released recently, I don't feel like they're as risky or as groundbreaking. I think they still make good movies. Uh, but Spider-Verse made me realize, wow, there's a totally different, like, lane of animation that we haven't... There's more lanes of animation that we really haven't explored that the possibilities are infinite. Uh, and we haven't taken advantage of that. And I lost my body from Netflix, uh, and, uh, Jeremy clapped him. Uh, I think reminding me a lot of idle hands, but like uh, a little more dramatic, right. uh, a little more of a tale home, you know, story, uh, adventure home type story. So that was fun, but really what strikes me is the animation and just the quality storytelling. And, uh, I like how it doesn't look like anything else I've seen before, uh, in 3d animation at least. So I have to give it kudos for that. Uh, not my favorite, but I do think it's um, noteworthy. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Netflix when we talk about Claws, but it is a Netflix-produced film getting a nomination. Uh, and I think that's also noteworthy as Netflix tries really, really hard to get these prestigious awards. So Right. Well, they, um, I mean, that, you know, that's probably what you're, gonna, what you're going to get into when we talk about Netflix. But so interesting to see how many net, uh, Netflix uh, nominations there were this year. Netflix really wants to win some Oscars, man. Oh, they do. And you know what's funny is no matter how hard they... Well, I don't know. They, they got some really good love last year for Roma, which, you know, is a great film. Right. I am uh, not going to get too much into other Oscars predictions because I am going to have uh, an Oscars episode of my own podcast, The Cinematic Schematic, where I talk about this a little more in depth. But um, they have The Irishman, which is like their big thing. It's a Martin Scorsese film. It's got all the workings of an Oscars movie. And it got nominated 10 times, I think. And uh, I think it's a fantastic film. It made my top 10. I love it. I love Martin Scorsese. I love the performances from De Niro. I especially love Joe Pesci and I love um, Al Pacino. I know we're getting off topic, but all I'm saying that this is to, 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 <laughs> this is to, this is to like lay out how I feel about Netflix's relationships to prestigious award shows is they're going to get a ton of nominations and I might be dead wrong. And I kind of hope I am to some extent, but I also get the feeling that they could walk home mostly empty handed. Like it, the Irishman is nominated a bunch of times, but in the key categories, as far as we're seeing from like the guilds and everything, it's not got as much steam as like say Parasite or um, uh, Nineteen Seventeen. So I'm saying this because on the animated front, cool Netflix got nominated for two animated features, Claws and I Lost My Body but I would be surprised if either of them won. I agree. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Netflix is making waves. They're getting nominations. They're getting recognized as, okay, you're making quality stuff, but do you win? I don't think, probably not. I don't think so. It would have to be like, it would have to be a shit year for Pixar and the other big guys. And then they, Netflix would just have to have something like badass. Like it would, there would be a lot of factors. Right. I think that would perfect storm. Yeah. have to happen. For them to pull that one out. Now, I will say, again, um, Spider-Verse winning last year, which was a Sony film, not a Disney or Pixar film. Uh, again, I was terrified it was going to lose to some very, you know, good, but, you know, what you'd expect Disney Pixar films. And it didn't. It won. So maybe, maybe this is, maybe the Academy woke up and said, hey, other people make great animated films. So they're going to check out these Netflix films. But I have serious doubts. Um, so let's just go ahead and talk about claws in this point. I need to be full discretion to listeners today. This is the one film in this category I haven't seen. And I've only seen part of it. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not the most qualified people to talk about it, but here's what I can tell you about it. Uh, it is directed by Sergio Pablos. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and he is the creator of despicable me. Um, 
controversially, I hope your listeners don't hate me. I never got, got, I never got Despicable Me. You know how it's like a huge hit? I don't think we ever really talked about that. I like the, I like watching it with like my nephew. No, it's fun. It's fun. I was like, eh. It was like a take it or leave it. Yeah. Well, it's a fun, cute movie. The Minions, the first time when they were like not everywhere. Before they were overdone. Yeah, yeah. It was cute. Uh, But I, it was one of those movies like, I was like, okay, that's fine. And then everyone loved it and kept watching it everywhere I went. And I was like, I, it's not that good. It's guys. not that it's good. It's not that good. Uh, I, I mean, agree. It's fun. It's light. Um, it's good for families. Sure. Anyway, not going to knock it, but I thought that was cool. And um, I think the Claws animation, uh, art direction for the animation, again, uh, doesn't look like a Pixar movie. So I like, again, that Netflix is kind of green lighting these more innovative art directions for their, their animation. So kudos to them. I don't have much to add on that. I don't think it's going to win, but uh, I hope uh, I, I saw a lot of very positive internet reactions to Claws when it came out, and I do hope to catch it before the awards show. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think I was telling you earlier. It was like Josh from Animation Station podcast was like losing his mind about it, and he was just like, "Dude, this is like the bit one of the best ones I've seen on Netflix so far." And so I'd watch part of it, but I don't. I guess I just don't. Sometimes like something doesn't grab me right away. I'm like, eh. yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the world we live in. There's so much stuff to do and watch. It's like, if something doesn't get you, right. something that you're not already bought into doesn't get you. You're like, Hey, and I do this all the time. I'm watching an anime or another TV show. And I'm like 10 minutes in. I'm like, this is all right. You know, I'd rather watch my hero academia because I haven't caught yeah. up yet. So I'm just going to go. I literally <laughs> did this. Other night. I started watching something. And I was like, this is all right. Oh my God. I haven't finished my hero academia yet. I'm just going to forget this show. And I pause it and go watch something else. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Which again, whole other podcast about this. I'm not going to get into it, but I just, the way Netflix releases their films and theaters, and by that, I mean, largely not releasing them in theaters, you kind of lose the momentum and exposure you get because yes, Netflix has this platform that's watched by all these people. But the fact of the matter is, at least from my perspective, I don't have time to sift through Netflix. And oftentimes Netflix puts good things on there, but it's surrounded by a lot of very average or subpar things. Uh, sometimes I'll see things from very talented people. I'm like, holy shit, you made this for Netflix? And I've never heard of it, which is bizarre because I, I am inundated with movie news all the time. But Netflix is creating so much content, and when they're not doing a theatrical run, the thing about the theatrical run is there's a whole promotion cycle that goes along with it. So, And for me, I, I actually make a schedule of like what movies are coming out when. So even if I don't see it, I know about it because right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like looking. But Netflix, I don't keep up with their schedule because they release so much stuff. The volume, man. The it, volume they're putting out is insane. Insane. So if it's not The Irishman or Roma uh, or The Witcher, like I, I'm going to be like, it's just going to be more noise on the Netflix thing when I open up the app, which is usually only when I know I want to watch something. So that's my dilemma. I know there are a lot of people who live on Netflix and live for those recommendations that it gives them. I'm not one of those people. So I do wonder, had I lost my body and claws gotten theatrical runs or at least limited theatrical runs, if I wouldn't have seen them sooner, well, seen I lost my body sooner or seen claws at all. But I don't know. I just am conflicting feelings with how Netflix pushes their stuff. And technically they gave the Irishman a theatrical run, but it was very, very short. And it only played here in Oklahoma city at the uh, local art house theater, the rodeo cinema. And I got to see it there. And that was great, but it didn't make it to AMC. Didn't make it to Harkins. Didn't make it to our uh, regal cinema war, the more Warren. Um, so like, I just wish Netflix would play ball uh, with theater chains a little more, kind of like uh, Amazon does. But, you know. I think it's like their whole thing is that they don't want to do that. 
Yeah, part it, of it, I think, is. I mean, it's it's uh, that's speculation. No, 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 no. That's real. But, that, that, no, that's real. This, I, I do. I have read quotes from the like, publicized press release quotes from the CEO who says that it goes against their benefit statement, which is you can just stay at home and watch it. Right. And here's the thing, like, I this is not everybody, and I, I seriously might be the weirdo here. And yes, there are nights when staying in and watching something on the couch is great, but I am way more tempted to get stra- distracted by my phone, by my computer, by the food I'm cooking than I am if I'm in a theater where I'm like, okay, lights are down. There's other people here. I am on the wavelength of this movie. That's me personally. I might be old school. Um, And I know Netflix basically wants to get their stuff to their platform as soon as possible. Caveat, I would say that I I, I think Amazon does a better job at this because they do have full theatrical runs for all their movies then immediately go to Amazon Prime. But, uh, you know, each teach their own. And yeah. if you are a Netflix watcher, like, that's no shade on you. Because that's just, I, I know, especially if you've got kids and families and everything. Yeah, it's easier 100%, to do. 100%, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, we talked a lot about my feelings on Netflix, which only tangentially related to this. this uh, <laughs> either way, Netflix is trying really hard. I'm not convinced they're going to win. But they're trying really hard, and I really admire them for it. The last movie you want to talk about is actually my personal pick uh, for this category that I do hope wins. It's called Missing Link. Missing Link is a stop-motion animation from Studio Leica. Uh, if you probably haven't heard of Studio Leica, because not as many people have, but that's the studio who produced Missing Link. A couple of years ago, they did Kubo and the Two Strings. A few years before that, they did Paranorman. Coraline. Uh, they've done a number of really, really interesting uh, stop motion films. And the reason I get behind them is I, I will, I will be the first to say of their movies, missing link is one. I like less than some of their others. But the fact of the matter is there's still more than five times. And I do count when I go into the movies, I do count this just bizarre, weird. Uh, the number of times in which I say, Holy shit. How did they do that? Yeah. Cause it's not, cause like they do utilize CG sometimes, but it's not very often. And, uh, I remember cool with the two strings. It was consistently the whole movie. I was like every scene, I was like, what the hell did they do that with the paper? And the behind the scenes stuff for that is insane. When you see how they actually make that the movie. The Kubo one was like, my God, this is painstaking. Like people spend so many hours crafting these little miniatures and figuring out how they're going to manip- like build these sets and how they're going to manipulate these figurines and like the, some of the techniques they use, I mean, you're like, these people are operating on a wizard slash genius level of <laughs> filmmaking or, or, st- or and like, like stop motion uh, miniature building. Cause I'm just consistently wowed with the techniques they come up with. So when you're watching it, and I do wonder if it's just because people assume everything's CG today, you know, when it's CG, it's easy. Uh, computers do it, but there's something, there's that little extra you get uh, along with the really interesting art choices they make. Uh, when you're watching a Leica film where it doesn't look like something you've seen before, you know, it's stop motion. And when you know, it's stop motion, seeing them pull some of the stuff off, you're just like your head just explodes. You're like, how did they do that? That's not possible. So, uh, I say it's to say, I don't believe if I, I don't believe Leica has won an Oscar. I might be wrong. So someone call me on if I am be their first baby. It probably won't be. You don't think so? I want it to be. I don't think it will be. I wanted Kubo and the Two Strings to win so badly. Yeah, that would have been dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to win. But I hope it does. It did win. It did, I don't know, out of left field, win the Golden Globe 
for best animated feature. Now the Golden Globe and the foreign, the Hollywood Foreign Press is in no way associated with like they don't really impact directly the Academy, which is actually made up of the producers and the actors and the directors who all work in the industry. However, the thing that Golden Globes does do is it pushes things to the top of people's mind, the voters' minds, before they actually vote. So maybe a lot of people saw it win the Golden Globe. Yeah, I got a bump. I got to check that out, and maybe they'll see it. It'll be fresher, and they'll be like, yeah, that was cool. It probably won't happen. Could be. I don't know. Could be. But I loved loved, uh, uh, Missing Link. It's got Zach Galifianakis as the uh, Bigfoot Yeti character, Uh, and then you have Hugh Jackman playing his opposite. Um, there's some really cool stuff they do with trains in that movie. Anyway, I just think it's a, and it's, it's a very sweet, fun film. Um, and I just think studio Leica uh, deserves to keep making movies. And every time I see the very low box office returns come in for their movies, my heart breaks a little bit. Cause I'm like, <laughs> how do you, you're like, what the fuck? I'm like the magic guys, the craft, <laughs> the work, the, the mind blowing. Um, and then when it doesn't win Oscars, I'm like, it get, it always, they almost always get nominated, but when they don't win, I'm always like, man, I, I God, it didn't make money, <laughs> and it got nominated but didn't quite win. Yeah. Please, Lord. I'm not a praying person, but I'm going to pray tonight that Studio Leica gets to make another movie <laughs> every time. <laughs> it would be cool. I wouldn't have qualms if they won or if How to Train Your Dragon won. I'd like to see one of them, too, man. I wouldn't be upset if How to Train Your Dragon won. Yeah. Honestly, the thing about this year that's interesting is I, I think the category as a whole, I mean, I haven't seen Claws, but... The rest, I mean, the whole, all of them are fine. Like, I, I, there were none of these movies. I mean, again, uh, I fell in love with Missing Link on the principle that the animation was great. But I'll just say, overall, I feel like the category this year is just, it's just solid. Right. There's none that, it's not like last year where I was like, Into the Spider-Verse, best movie, I love it, I'm swept away by it, or Toy Story 3 in 2010, or I guess 2011. Uh, when, you know, Oscar, I'm like, oh my God, this is a life-changing movie, go see it. Now, this year, I just felt like it was a lot of very solid movies. Nothing, not the best work from any of the studios nominated, but also very good work from everybody. So, Right. I think the uh, one of the last things we need to talk about is uh, there's some notable snubs. Yeah. So, firstly, I'm just going to throw out there, and actually, this is snub, not, I, I actually take pleasure in this one, so a lot of people are uh, not going to be happy. I think with my answer and I think they just need to let it go. I, <laughs> I my fucking it go. <laughs> how dare you? Oh, uh, that's right. I, I was shocked again. I, think I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, frozen two did not get nominated for best animated feature, which is wild to think that Netflix got two nominations and missing link got nominated, but not frozen two. Well, they're going with the, uh, toy. They're putting all their eggs in the toy story Four basket. I, I guess so. And, uh, Hey man, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I mean, I saw frozen two. It was a, a good. It, it was, was a, a movie. It was a worthy <laughs> sequel to a movie that I was cool with. Never seeing a sequel to, you know, uh, and I, I thought the soundtrack was more of what we got from the first one. It was again. It was more. I was like, okay, cool. It's a Frozen sequel, and it delivered a Frozen sequel, and I was like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mostly, I don't really care. I, I'm, I'm glad that the other movies I just mentioned got nominated over it, but. I think think a lot of listeners probably think, oh my gosh, how is Frozen 2 not nominated? Did you think it was too preachy? No. I thought, well... People had qualms with it, so I was just like, I was wondering uh, what your opinion was. Well, okay. No, I didn't think it was too preachy. I thought it actually put a lot of ideas in there about how indigenous people are treated that I 
I actually thought was meaningful and should be discussed more. Right. Personal opinions. So if you don't like that, what I have found often, Harold, and a lot of people are probably going to hate me <laughs> when I say this. And this is not always because uh, I think about a preachy movie that I agree with the sentiment that I also think was a preachy movie. Tomorrowland, back from like 2015. Uh, I adore Damon Lindelof and Brad Bird, the two people who were the key storytellers in that movie, the uh, scriptwriter and the director. The Iron and, Giant. And uh, that's all I've got to say. Oh, Iron Giant's not, that's not too preachy. Oh, no, I'm Brad Bird. Oh, yeah. Oh, Brad Bird. Yes, there you go. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he also did Mission Impossible 4 and The Incredibles. Anyway, he's great. Um, and I love the sentiment of the movie, which is, hey, maybe we should stop like just like saying the world's going to end and try to make it better, you know, versus just like wallow in our the world's awful. It's going to end poorly. Mode. Great sentiment. The movie poorly delivered, super heavy handed. I do not think uh, Frozen 2 is that way. And I th- at least that's my take. And maybe it's because we're in Oklahoma and we talk about indigenous people probably more than some other states uh, in this area. I think. could be. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I found that idea to be worked into a major studio blockbuster Disney to be, I don't think Frozen 2 is a bold movie, but I did think it was a bold choice. Now, oftentimes when you don't want to hear about real world injustices, you find them preachy because you don't want to hear about them, Dang. even though they're true. There it is. Now, there was just, I remember seeing the discourse after that came out and everyone shitting on it and I'm like, Really? I thought it was kind of nice. But, you know, hey, we live in a 2019, 2020 world right now. (laughs) We're a certain awful person's president, and uh, we're not going to get any further into that. But I'm just saying, like, everyone's offended by everything these days. On me. Uh, So I personally liked that they worked that in, and I did not think it was too preachy. Um, I think it could have been much. If you thought it was preachy, I think they could have gone a lot heavier handed on it. Um, and maybe they are raising awareness about things that we should talk about more. True. But it was just an okay movie. But other than that, that was probably the thing I actually liked about it the most. Because I, honestly, I was like, I more frozen. Other than that, you're like, meh. Yeah, more frozen. The movie I'm actually upset about. 100%. Like, super upset about. Yes. And it follows up on another, this is just the whole Oscars are bullshit thing, okay? Listen, as I said, abusive relationship. As in, I can't, I make predictions, I do Oscar shows, I, I go all, all out on Oscars night, and every year they upset me. And it starts with <laughs> the fact that Makoto Shinkai wasn't nominated a couple of years ago for Your Name, which, by the way, Absolute was better than every movie nominated It was. Year, and also made a ton of money worldwide. It was like the, domestically, I think it was just like, did it take over Ghibli? Um, or it was like right under in Japan. It did. That's what I'm saying. Domestically in Japan and worldwide, it's the highest grossing anime of all time. Like, because it it was amazing and it's a great movie. It is. It's a fantastic movie. Okay. So it, it's, uh, so that did get nominated that year. And I'm like, how, whatever you people, God, whatever. Again, I feel like there's a weird, I would say they disrespect anime, but they always nominate Ghibli. And last year, uh, Mirai, right from, uh, got nominated. And I actually pushed really hard for that one to win line. Well, had Spider-Verse not won, that would have been my first choice. I'll put right. it that way. Um, so this year, it re- the Academy reared their head again. Weathering with You uh, from Makoto Shinkai, which I thought was a wonderful film. I'm not sure if I like it quite as much as your name, but it's still an exceptional film. The animation is stunning. 
Uh, the insane. story insane. Like what they do with the water effect. By the way, guys, animating water is so freaking hard, and it's so sick in this movie. It's beautiful. The soundtrack's great. Uh, the characters. I love the characters. I love Amazing. the romance. Uh, I love the suspense. I love that in the similar to your name. It's like there are points in the movie where I'm like, I don't, I don't know where we're going. What's going on? I don't know what's going to happen. Where, where I thought was the natural conclusion, where I thought they would take the easy happily ever after and route they don't and i'm like okay what are we doing here uh and i love it i think it is a beautiful stunning film best i'm gonna just say removing my studio my love for studio Leica, who made missing link and i'm loving them on the principle of what they do with the the, the form i think overall one thing with you is a better movie than that so if i had to pick my favorite anime movie of the year weathering with you Awesome. And I know technically in the United States, it didn't come out until this year, this but, year it, yeah. but it could have qualified for Oscars last year very for easily. Sure. So, uh, makes you think that, are they going to try to put it in next year? No, Probably not. No, but, I don't think so. But yeah, we just, we, I barely saw it. Um, yeah, it was the beginning of 2020. It was my first, it was the first new movie I saw in 2020. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Or yeah, I think, th- I think that was the first Sorry, one I saw. First movie from 2020 that I saw. I'd seen some other like newer movies, but that was the first movie that I had seen that had been released this year. Technically you could say it was released in 2019 in Japan. Right. But here in the States, it was 2020 movie. So, uh, yeah, first movie. I loved it. I loved it. I think it's again, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to decide. I'm kind of my head going back and forth on whether I like it more or less than your name, but either way, I think the Man. fact that the fact that I'm comparing them, like, and having that conversation in my head says For that, sure. that lightning basically stuck, uh, struck twice. Oh, so, yeah. um, Oscar Academy, what are you doing? Um, Listen, I love Ghibli. I love Ghibli with my heart, my soul. I love Laika uh, on the anime side. But come on, you've got to you got to give some love to the non-Ghibli. They're not the only anime house, and ah, uh, yeah, they're not the only people making quality anime movies out there. You know, they're hating on my guy Shinkai. Yeah, for real though, uh, bitches, man. You know, I just watched Garden of Words recently with my girlfriend, and wow. uh, it was actually the first time I'd seen it. Uh, and let me tell you, God, what a sweet little movie. <laughs> I love Makoto Shinkai. He's great, man. I, can't, I hope he keeps making movies every year. I do, too. I hope. Well, I think he keeps making money. Which, by the way, weathering with you, I don't know. I bet you're listening. I haven't seen the like numbers it. on it yet. Uh, I haven't seen the box office numbers, but I will say they are promoting the hell out of this it's thing. It's fucking good. I, ads everywhere, but people, listen to me. It's good. Go, Go see watch it. it. Go see it. It's gonna. Ha- it's got. It's. It's getting more of a run than most anime movies in the U.S. right now. It's probably playing in a theater somewhere near you. Go see it. On God. So yeah, uh, Harold, that's about all I got on Oscars animated films. There's probably other films. I know Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling didn't quite make the cut. I thought about right. putting that in a snub, but you know, I mean, that's the movie's where it is. It's a nice television movie that I really, really liked. Uh, you know, Invaders in movie, cool. Abominable was a DreamWorks movie that a lot of people liked that I thought was all right. You know, so uh, this year overall, I feel like animated, the, the, like the prestige quote unquote animated films, that get Oscar nominations. I'm like, all right. I, I, I felt like they were, it was a solid year. Right. There was none of those movies that I was like, this is bad, but of the movies nominated, there was none of them that I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It deserves to win. You know? So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, 2021 or the year 2020. So Oscars 2021 provides us with some, um, more, uh, quality animated films that prestige 
Because there's a lot of because here's, <laughs> here's the other thing. I, I want to qualify this with there are tons of animated films that I, when I watch them, I don't really think about them in the context of war shows because that's not really what they're designed to do. That doesn't mean I don't love them, and that doesn't mean they're not good. Um, heck, we saw uh, last year the My Hero Academia movie, and that was great. I loved it. I had so much fun with it. You know, but you would never think the Oscar. that at the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, I enjoyed it more than most of the movies that got nominated. So it's tricky. It's tricky. The fucking Witcher anime movie better be nominated is all I know. Oh, my God. I Dude, so. I'm freaking busting from, from the nut about that. same animation house that did Legend of Korra? Yes, please. I was, yeah. Toss as soon it. as I saw that, I was like, fucking mainline this shit. You better toss an Oscar to the Witcher, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, I uh, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. That one's probably a couple years away, I'm sure. But uh, Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. By the way, did you see, man, we are so off topic. But hey, uh, speaking of Netflix, which we're talking about a lot in this episode, uh, in, on their quarterly earnings call said that the Witcher was like their most watched first season of all time. So ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be tossing all your time to the Witcher for years to come because they're going to be pushing that stuff. I'm um, sure. Crazy. That shit was good though. It was. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Quite a bit. Oh, yeah. uh, and if I get an animated Witcher film from the people who made Korra, I'm on board. You know we're doing an episode on that for sure. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Speaking of which, there's also that live action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender from the oh, original yeah. showrunners. I'm just interested to see if any how see much of this stuff goes. comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, Harold, that's all I got on the Oscars. Um, listen, if you're listening out there, I don't know how many of your listeners like watch. It's more about like getting together with friends and the community. You're you're almost always perpetually disappointed. And honestly, I think the the show needs to make some major changes to how they do things for it to be to survive, like at least in in terms of like something people care about. Um but it's a as a movie person who grew up watching the Oscars, it's a lot of fun. If you can do it with friends or your family or whatnot, throw a party, do your fill out your ballots, make bets, I don't know, whatever it is you do. Uh I do recommend it. It's a fun time. It, just remember, it's never really truthfully about what's the best film. It's about the movies that the Oscar, that the Academy has been put, like the studios have been pushing to Oscar voters the most. Um, Alfred Hitchcock never won an Oscar. That's true. By the way, the movies we think about, you know, 10, 20 years later, they didn't win Oscars. Like, so I'm not, I, I think Oscars uh, is, a, is a way to look at how maybe Hollywood sees itself at the time versus in hindsight, the movies that really last, sometimes they win Oscars. A lot of times people just straight up forget about them. So, sure. yeah. Anyway, but it's a fun time. Out, do a drinking game, do a party, do a cake, whatever it is you do. Um, get together with friends and family. It's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I just go studio like it. Yeah. yeah, man. Looking forward to see what ends up happening, man, for sure. Caleb, I appreciate your time, man. Why don't you tell people where they can keep up with you, your projects, all that good stuff? Uh, yeah, so of course, you, first and foremost, you can find me uh, most actively on Twitter, tweeting about all the the film things uh, at C Masters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk. And you better believe that I'll probably be live tweeting almost the entire Oscars, so you can see all my uh, live reactions in that in that time. Uh, that's at C Masters Talk on Twitter. Um, so I also run a website called thecinematropolis.com. We're a website dedicated to more thoughtful conversations on film. Uh, it's been kind of quiet. 
a lot of things have been had. Not a lot's been happening on the website. We did recently uh, release uh, the decade ended recently. Uh, so 2019 was the end of the decade in film, and we had a multi-part uh, uh, list just uh, from good people like Harold here um, contributing their thoughts on their favorite films of the decade. And um, I was really um, moved by a lot of the selections and surprised. So you can check that out at cinematropolis.com. I also have the podcast, The Cinematic Schematic. Again, it's been kind of quiet the last few months, but. Ladies and gentlemen, you better believe we have an Oscars prediction show coming. So you can subscribe to that, of course, on your preferred podcast app, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever the case may be. You can find us there. That is the Cinematic Schematic and uh, the Cinematropolis.com. Thank you. Thank you much, Caleb. Uh, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye.